Good day, amazing podcast family. I hope that wherever you are, you're doing amazing, and I'm sending all of my prayers and well wishes to you, your family, and your friends, and everyone you love. We've got an amazing episode of the show for you today. We have David Wood on, and we are talking about living fearlessly and finding your edge. David is a highly renowned life coach who's been in the game for a long time, and in this episode, we talk about finding your edge, why you must be ready for change, the life habit orbit, uh, the finding your edge exercise, creating a bucket list, simple versus easy, easy, want list, the value of massive action, growth mindset, dabbling versus trying versus full commitment, mastering your craft, the danger of comfort, and so much more. I know you're going to love this episode. And if you do, please share it far and wide. Consider leaving a review and, and uh, most importantly, consider doing three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. I'm also thrilled to announce that our podcast has a new and epic sponsor, Magic Mind, because if you're like me, you're always looking for things that are going to help give you the edge. One of the challenges that I have is mornings and also loving coffee. I feel like I wake up like a brick, like a lead vest is on me, and I can often get into this habit where I drink too much coffee, and that will actually lead to adrenal fatigue, so I'll be uh, not having enough energy throughout the day, and I, and I really hate it. So when Magic Mind reached out. They sent me a bunch of them and I've loved it because I've been able to cut down my coffee drinking immensely. So rather than going for a second and sometimes actual pot of coffee, I will just grab a Magic Mind and uh, it gives me all the energy boost and clarity and nootropics and all the good things I need um, rather than reaching for another coffee, which I love, um, but I definitely drink too much uh, I definitely drink too much of it. So I highly recommend it because it has all the best ingredients. It has ashwagandha, lion's mane, cordyceps, and you can see all the natural ingredients on the bottle. It's all designed for boosting energy, for increasing focus, and it really does work. The first time I tried it was going to the gym. I was all pooped out and had no energy. And rather than grabbing a coffee, I grabbed one of those, and I did notice an instant boost in, in energy and in clarity. So... So I've really been enjoying taking Magic Mind as a substitute, as a nootropic before podcasts, sometimes before workouts, and definitely to limit my coffee because that is the biggest challenge that I have. And they have offered, their team has offered a big discount for you guys, my audience. It's 56% off your first subscription in the next 10 days and 20% off your one-time pur purchase if you go to magicmind.co MMBS for mastermind, body, spirit. That's the code. So I will spell it out for you. It is magic mind, M A G I C M I N D dot co, C O slash M M B S, like mastermind, body, and spirit. I'll also send up the links if you guys want to check it out. But I love it. It's legit. I, you guys know I don't take uh, sponsors very much. So I've been enjoying it and uh, definitely going to keep it in the mix to limit my coffee craving. So that's it. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate Magic Mind for reaching out and wanting to support the show and work. I appreciate you guys for being here, supporting the show and work. And let's dive in to another amazing episode. But before we do, let's come into a state of peace and coherence. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with joy, peace, clarity, faith, confidence, courage, and get ready to enjoy this amazing episode with David Wood. 
Hello and welcome to the Master Mind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is a former consulting actuary to Fortune 100 companies. After he built the world's largest coaching business, becoming number one on Google for life coaching. He believes the tough conversations we avoid are doorways to confidence, success, and even love in both work and life. He coaches high-performing entrepreneurs, executives, teams, and even prison inmates to amazing results and connection. Welcome to the show, David Wood. Thanks, mate. I just realized listening to that, that intro when you said the tough conversations we avoid are the doorways to all these good things. I think that's true. They are the doorways, but you got to move through those doorways by having the tough conversations. I want to make that clear. I don't want people to get the idea that avoiding tough conversations in and of itself is going to give you all the good stuff. Uh, it, it's having them that usually leads to the good stuff. Yeah. Well, in looking at some of your work, that's a real big piece of it, right? This is the conversations. It's diving into those tough conversations. It's finding the gems. And before we dive into that, I'd just be curious, do you want to just introduce yourself a little bit to the audience? How did you get into this type of work and working with you know, Fortune 100 companies, but also executives in uh, the life coaching space and just helping and supporting people? Yeah, sure. Well, I grew up in a country town in Australia and I I had a traumatic event when I was a kid, my little sister was was killed and I was there and witnessed it. And we didn't know back then about the kind of impact that can have. And what seemed to happen is I grew up very left-brained. So I shut down the emotional side and I grew up left-brained. And, you know, perhaps the silver lining is I got really good at schoolwork. I came top of my school. I got paid to go to university. I had a job waiting for me when I came out. And then I got a job transfer to Park Avenue in New York, and I'm I'm coaching Sony Music and Ford and Exxon uh, on their on the on their global pension plan arrangements and their risk strategies. Uh, but the the downside of all that, even though I was good at business and numbers and systems and money, is I wasn't any good at the softer skills, as they were called. Hopefully, they're not calling that, them that anymore, but. I wasn't very happy. And someone said, why don't you go and try this personal development program? And I went along and I didn't want to do it because they all smiled way too much and they wore name tags. <laughs> and I'm like, I do not trust these people. This is a cult. You're just, you can't think for yourself. That was the viewpoint I had. Thank God though, they were ready for me and they cracked my cynicism and they cracked my heart open. And I realized that I knew nothing about true vulnerability, emotional intelligence, intimacy, authenticity, integrity, which are all leadership skills. And so I decided to keep training with them. And then they trained me as a coach. So I like to say the first 25 years of my life were, were getting good at numbers and business and systems and money. And then the second half has been really diving in and sitting with gurus and traveling around the world and sitting with them and, and finding out what scares me and leaning into it. And one of the scariest things for human beings is expressing ourselves and sharing what's really inside. Like, I felt disappointed when you did that, or I feel very angry about that, or I have a desire to have get that promotion. I think I deserve it. Like, these things are terrifying. You know, even one-on-one, -on -one, not to mention if it's going to be in front of a group, and I had great coaches and they kept 
nudging me over and over and over again in the direction of expressing myself and having those conversations that were terrifying. And I got better and better at it. And I found my life got better and better. And so then um, having been coached, I was like, this is great. How do I do that for other people? So I went and got trained and I found that I just, I don't think I'll ever stop. I, I put puzzles together. I see the puzzle pieces of either a business or a life. And I'm like, aha, all right. Well, 15 years ago, this worked for a client. You want to give that a shot? Boom, it works. So there's the long answer to how I got into coaching. And I don't, I don't think I'll ever stop doing that, even though now I have a second career in acting. I'm trying something new. Again, um, coaching and training and helping people to have their life be better. When I work out something that's good, I want to pass it on. Wow. Well, I love that. You've been in the game for a long time. So I'll just be curious, like, what have you found? There's a lot of ways we can go. We, we, we talked before, like you, you're finding that right now you're, you're thinking about like how to push the edge. How do we find the edge? How do we not go too far? And as an extreme sports uh, athlete and coach, that's really what we have to do because every little step, there's a, a real danger in sport, but there's also a danger in life, whether you're going for entrepreneurship or you're trying something new. And I feel like it's this comfort zone where people lose themselves, right? Cause it's not bad enough to change, but it's comfortable enough and they, you can get like lethargic. And from your experience, when you're coaching someone, do you feel like they need to be ready to want to improve their life? Or have you found that you can help someone from like, Hey, I have no idea what I want to do with my life or how to make money with this thing. Can you guide them through a process where they can get clear on where they'd like to go and build around that and learn how to make money in a business from it? Well, yes and yes. And I'll take those as two very separate questions. The first one, do people need to be ready? Yeah, to work with me, they do. If someone wants to lose weight, for example, but they don't want it enough, then they're going to be wasting their time with, with me. If they want a new business but they and they're scared, okay, fine. No, no problem with that. But if they don't want it enough, to put in the work and show up and, and stick around when things get hard, I can't really help them. So the people who come to me usually want something. Either they, For example, they might be sick of being so scattered. They're already pretty productive, but they know that they're scattered. They know they don't have focus. And they know that if they doubled or quadrupled their productivity, life would get a lot better. And they're actually ready to do something about it. Okay. Now we can talk. But if it's just a good idea or something that interests you, um, I I don't know how to help those people. I might say, hey, go and read a book. And if you get motivated enough, come back to me. So that's the first question. The second one, I think, was, is there a process I can guide people through? And the answer is yes. I don't have a cookie cutter system. So it's not like here are my, my 20 steps to, to solve every single issue. I seem to be quite intuitive. People speak and then something comes comes up while they're speaking. And I'm like, okay, I got three different things that might help. Let's see which one resonates. Um, but having dealt with so many business owners over and over again who want to double revenue while they want their life to be better, yeah, the the first step of the process, and I and I mentioned this to you before we got started, I'm, I, I'm happy to give this away. It's an assessment I use on my on my site at focus.ceo. 
that um, will ask you some probing questions about your life. That's the starting point. Like, what do you want? What do you really want? What gets in the way? What's your favorite form of sabotage? Um, And then I, I assess a few different areas, like how are you with planning? How are you with productivity? How are you with staying in action? Thing, things like that. Um, and I, it gives the people who take it, it gives them such a good snapshot of their life and where they're going and what it's going to take. And if they decide then to go on and ask me to review the answers with them, I'll get on a call and it gives me such great information. It's like, oh, all right. Well, here seems to be the low hanging fruit. And then we work out a plan. And if coaching seems like it's going to make a difference there and we're fit for each other, we, we get started with coaching. And if not, sometimes I've got another idea for them. For some people, one, one conversation's enough. It's like, all right, this seems to be what you need to do. seems like you're already on the path. Go do it. If you get stuck, give me a call. Sometimes it's as simple as that. But as you know, being a coach yourself, um, life gets in the way. And we've got our whole lifetime of building certain habits if we want, I like to think of it as we're in an orbit, let's say around the earth, we're in a certain orbit. To get out of that orbit, it's going to take some energy. We're going to get out of that orbit. It's not too hard to get into a lower orbit, just start making worse choices. But to get into a higher orbit, it's usually going to take some kind of shift. And we've got years of habit, habit working against us. So it's rare that, I find it's rare that reading a book or listening to even a wonderful podcast is going to make a major life shift or business shift. That might get you inspired enough to go, oh, I can see another orbit for myself and I'm ready. And I think in my experience, it usually takes some kind of immersive program uh, over time, not just a weekend, or working with someone one-on-one, could be a therapist, could be a coach, could be a fitness trainer, whatever, to get lasting change. Well, I appreciate all that. And I, I want to ask that question because you've worked with a lot of people and that's what I found as well, is that you need to be ready for the change. You have to want it enough. And I had uh, Chris Duffin on, who's a world record power lifter, but also a very successful entrepreneur. And I asked him a similar question and he said, you know, you know, this isn't an easy path. You know, if you're not 100% committed to the direction that you want to go as an entrepreneur, you shouldn't be on it. You know, he was kind of a little bit more uh, ruthless, but I liked it because I think it was important. And so when when we find the clarity of what inspires us, then we're ready to change. So whether you want to lose weight, right? If you don't want to lose it enough, you're not going to do anything. But if you really want to, then you're going to start taking the action, get the gym membership, maybe get the trainer. Um, yeah. And and I think the big thing about coaching that what you spoke on, and I've seen that as well, it's the accountability or setting up an accountability piece. So you have strategy, you have feedback, but with somebody who has an understanding of where you want to go. But the biggest thing is accountability, knowing that you've showed up each and every week, knowing that someone's going to keep you accountable. And that's the biggest thing for um, fitness, at least, you know, the person trainers they're paying for it so they've got to go to the gym they could go to the gym and kind of move around but they've got to go to the gym and you know for somebody who's kind of on the path they're a little bit more of a high performer and they want to kind of push themselves or or maybe they've been successful in their life where they have a job you know and they're successful maybe they're high up in their company and everything's comfortable and they take the kids out on the weekends and they've kind of hit all these boxes but they're like you know what there's like a passion project or there's something that i want to do that's going to scare me that i know I have this possibility to move towards, but I need to apply uh, 
you know, mindset, high performance habits and all these other and handling fear. Have you seen some characteristics or some tools that can help that person to find the clarity and then move towards it? Because once you've got your little nest egg, we can always push a little further. You know, yeah. so it's being grateful for what you have, but also listening to that inspired thought or action being like, you know what, this is the thing that scares me that I keep avoiding. What if I were to go full tilt at that or even apply some of my effort to that? Yeah, well, let's start with like, I, I'd, I'd love anyone listening to be able to make this real for themselves. So uh, let's start talking about where you might want to uh, expand or where where your edge might be. If you so here's a here's a great exercise. You grab a piece of paper and write at the top of it. If I was fearless, what would I do over the next five years? That's a beginning question. Like if I were, I'm not asking anybody to be fearless, but just if I was fearless, what would I do? And another way to ask it is, if I was given five years to live, if I knew I had five years. Is there anything I would change about my life? And you might even like two pieces of paper now because they, they could be quite different questions. And then start looking in your career, in your, in your business, if you have a business, what would it look like? What celebrities would you call and ask for an endorsement? Um, what, what service would you create? Would you quit it and go and do something else? Um, in relationship, is there something? Would you want to have a baby or would you... Would you maybe want to move house and go and live to that, live in that place that you've always been talking about for 20 years? You've been saying, oh yeah, I'd love to live in Costa Rica one day. Maybe that goes on your piece of paper. Is it something personal? I've been saying for, for 15 years, not to anybody out loud, but just to myself, <laughs> I've, I've always wanted to learn Russian. Well, you know, finally, I, I busted out the, the Duolingo app and I'm on a 79-day streak and I know 400 words in Russian now. Like, it's not complex. It just takes working out what it is and then finally deciding to do it. When I wanted to, um, I, I, I've been dabbling with acting for years. I'd, I'd go and do some improv. I'd do some stand-up comedy. Or I'd, then I became a motivational speaker. And I do, I, I sang guitar and, and sang and play guitar. And I did all these performance things, but acting, I was like, oh, I don't know if I could ever do it. And for 10 years in the back of my mind, I thought one day before I die, I'd like to get trained and live the life of an actor for at least one year, go and audition for everything. Even if I get nothing, I just want to see what would happen. That goes down on your piece of paper. If you, if you just write down, I've always wanted to, I'd write it down. It might be swimming with dolphins. So we start by creating and painting a picture and just getting a sense of where, where it is. It might be you've always wanted to have $5 million in the bank or, or whatever it is. Now, once you have that, I think your, your, your question was, you know, how do we go towards it? Well, I think I want to use my life as an example right now. Oh, no, maybe I'll start with a client, a client example. I have a client who's a public speaker, <coughs> and I understand quite good, but her block at the moment is she realized she wants to create content and put it out on the web, <coughs> Instagram, whatever, so YouTube, and she's got a block. She doesn't like how she looks, and she doesn't think it's good enough, and 
as we started getting into it, it was like, oh, she's worried it's not going to be right. And so one simple, I didn't say easy, but one simple thing for her was um, do a bad video. Just do a bad one and then see what you think and then go and improve it and then put it out. And you can even say at the beginning, I, in fact, your first video can be about how you don't want to do a video because you're so scared. A friend of mine told me yesterday, and I thought this was genius. He went to Toastmasters, wanted to get good at public speaking. And his first speech was, let me introduce you to my fear of speaking. His name is Gary. And I, I was in awe. I'm like, that is genius. You've just worked out your block. And you've put it up front and center instead of hiding it um, so that pe people can know you around it. And he said people were inspired and it was really awesome and like done. So there's there are a couple of examples where she, she doesn't mean she's still not scared to do a video, but now she knows she can do a bad video, then she can do a better one, and then she can put it out saying at the front, I don't want to put this out because I feel like it's not perfect and I'm going to do it anyway because I want to help you. He did a similar thing. And now every time he speaks, I said to him, you can still say that. You can say, hey, I'm a little nervous. Happens every time I get out on stage. That's fine. It'll go soon. Would you all take a deep breath with me? I find that helps. Everyone takes a breath together. Exhale. All right. Thanks. Let's get into it. Boom. Doesn't have to be complicated. And then the example from my life, I, I, <laughs> I, I didn't tell anyone about the acting because I didn't know if I was going to do it. And it wasn't like a clear dream. I'm definitely going to do it. But after 10 years, you got to start thinking, wait a minute, there might be something to this. And so finally, I told somebody, and I'm living in Boulder, Colorado. And she, she said, oh, I did that. I moved to LA and I did the whole acting thing. I, I did not know that about her. And then a week later, she called and said, I'm going to audition for a play. Would you like to come with me and audition? And my first thought was, I was kind of hoping to take an acting class before I decided to do any acting. But second thought was, this is the universe knocking. This is, you have to say yes to this. And by the way, if your mind doesn't work like that, then change your mind because you, you have to do that. That's someone going, come on. And it was for um, a local production of Dracula. And if anyone's watching the video right now, you might see the uh, spoiler. I, uh, I went and auditioned. I auditioned for four roles. And there was one I knew I could do in my sleep. Two I knew I could do. One I hoped I could, they would give me, even though I thought it would be a huge stretch. That was the mental patient. And then Renfield. And then there was Dracula. Which And I auditioned for all four roles, and I thought Dracula was the only one I had no chance of because I had no idea how to play Dracula. Well, they offered me the lead. So my first audition, no, not, not, not my first. I'd done two maybe 20 years ago and then gave up. Uh, but my first audition for a professional paying gig, and I got it and got paid. And if you're seeing the background here, this was us performing in a national park and you can see Dracula being threatened by uh, Van Helsing with the cross, and it gets pretty nasty from there.
Well, I love all those. You shared a lot of examples that are really helpful. One of them is, you know, what would you do the five-year example? And one I did that was very similar is I get my clients to write out a bucket list, write down everything you want to do before you die. A lot of people don't have a bucket list. It's really a great thing to write down to think about, because even if you chip off one a year, in 10 years, you got 10 things that you really wanted to do. And a lot of the time, you know, being a snowboarder and somebody who really likes to live in the outdoors, um, you know, a lot of people want to be a professional athlete and not everybody's going to make that. You got to be at the highest level. But I say, you know, what do you really want? And so they might want to work in the industry to be able to snowboard or ski or do their craft all the time or make a life in that um in that field. And I've seen a lot of different way ways people do that where the lifestyle is important. What is most important to you about being alive? What is success to you, right? And then define that. Most people don't do that. So I think that those, um, you know, when you're saying simple versus easy is very important too, because when we write down our, our fears, um, like one, one example I remember someone given is this, this guy was really nervous to ask out this girl he liked. Right. And so he goes to his therapist and he goes, you know, like, I'm really, I'm terrified of women. There's this girl that I like, and I really want to ask her out, but I cannot make myself do it. He goes, he's like, how bad do you want to solve this problem? He goes hundred percent. I'll do anything. Like, just tell me what to do. He goes, okay, go to the local mall and uh, stand at the bottom of the escalator. And as women come through, ask each one out on a date. Everyone that comes down, you have to ask any like single woman that you know is a single, ask him out on a date. So he goes, he goes to do this. And after the third woman, he's like, what the hell am I doing? And he goes and asks the woman that he loves on a date. So he are, or wants to be with anyway, who hopefully they fall in love and it's a romantic story like that. Um, but the key there is like the, the taking action, you know, what's the thing that scares you? And you also touched on that in your example that I want to bring up and give it back to you. But it's like, you had this idea of pushing yourself towards the acting. You've done all these other things, but this is the thing that you want to grow into or is frightening you. And then you get a sign and a lot of people get that opportunity, even a small way, and they don't take the action. That's where um, you know we can really stall our project uh, progress or self sabotage or whatever you want to say. So you leaned into it, and then you get the role. You're like, holy smokes, you know. And so now you're kind of moving. And so I think that's a very simple but beautiful answer on how we can do that. And then when we look at people who. Um, you know, have families or I think the money thing, right, is is a big key. A lot of people think money will solve everything, but I don't think it will. But that said, we do need some safety and security, right? And we we look at high performance and uh, you know, achieving what we want in this world or living up to our highest potential. When you're working with a high performer, uh, somebody who is really excellent in what they do. Are you noticing any kind of traits of success, how they operate in life and how their mindset works versus somebody who, not to say average, but they're more pessimistic and they don't really chase their dreams. You know, I did a podcast a long time ago with Frank Ostaseski and I have to get him back on. He wrote a book called The Five Invitations, What Death Can Teach Us About Truly Living, something like that. The title might be a little bit off, but that's a scary thought, I think, in going through and being on your deathbed and thinking, you know, I wasted this thing. I didn't really go for the thing that I would go for. You know, if you think of your acting career or that thing in your 90s, you'd be like, what were you doing? What were you so afraid of? Why didn't you go for that at that time? I feel like you might have a regret. So how do we move into that living fully and fearlessly? Yeah, I I want I want everyone listening to have this conversation now versus on their deathbed. You don't want to have a, a life uh a near death experience to have to wake up 
So it's, and it's not that complicated. If I had five years to live, how would I live? What would I change? And if the, if there are some things that you would change, then you might want to do that because seriously, you might only have five years. This is insurance. You don't want to just bet on 30 years because you may not have that. What if you have five? How am I going to change living now just in case? Uh, see, I come from a risk uh, management background. So it's all about the, about the probability. So have the conversation now. Have it tonight. You could sit down with your partner if you have one or call a friend and say, hey, I want to do this exercise with you. This guy said to write down, what would I change if I had five years to live? So two things came to my mind that separate high performers from non-high performers. First one we've been touching on is you have to be able to create it, like visualize it. You got to want it. You also have to believe it's possible. So I guess that's three things in, in one. But until you go, oh, I want that, then how can the universe possibly respond to you? I kept this acting thing secret for 10 years. When I finally started speaking about it, it started snowballing. So the first thing is you've got to be aware of it. Even if you don't go and do a bucket list item every year, the fact that you've got it written down and putting on the wall makes a difference. I once wrote down, I, did, I hadn't been speaking on stage for six years and I decided, all right, next year, it's going to be the year of speaking. Wrote it down on a piece of paper, put it up on the wall. I think it was a few months later, I got a call from someone saying, would you come and speak at T. Harvecker's um, event that he's ha having? We want you to speak on, on making money with newsletters. And I said, oh, I don't think so. That's not really what I want to speak on. I want to speak about courage. And then I looked at the wall and it said year of speaking. And they said there were going to be about 800 people in the audience. I'd never spoken to 800 people. So that piece of paper had me change my mind and say, let me see what I can do. And I looked at it different ways. And I went, there weren't 800 people in the audience. There were 1,200. And it was one of the best speeches I've ever given in my life. And I just snapped from being scared on stage, I still get scared, but being weird and trying to be someone else to actually being myself and it just changed everything. So visualizing and just saying, this is what I want, <clears throat> maybe telling a few people about it is not a bad idea. I know a group of people who live in a communal environment and each person has their want list. This is what I want. It could be a new couch. It could be a red shirt. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. They put their want list and it's up where everyone can see it and everyone knows what's on everyone else's want list. And I believe that their lists get filled much faster than everyone else who hasn't put their list up on the wall. So that's the first one is you have to decide, I want this, I'm going for it. The second thing is, <clears throat> I think it's Tony Robbins who talks about massive action. And I often find myself asking my clients or myself, how can we go faster? How do we go faster towards that? And here's another way of asking it. What would 100% commitment look like? <clears throat> Doesn't mean we have to do it, but what would it look like? <clears throat> so as an example, when I went to this audition for Dracula, I didn't know how to audition. I'm just going to take a drink of water. Yeah, and as you do, I'll kind of I'll I'll 
touch on some things to let you clear your throat, but you, you brought up a lot of great, great stuff there. The want list is a funny example because when I moved to Calgary, I had this, uh, I'd live with these two brothers. Uh, you know, one of them was Ryan and he had this list of all the stuff he wanted. He had a big truck right in Alberta. They're kind of like Texas. They got the big trucks and he wanted all this expensive stuff. He didn't have very much money. We worked at the same place with the same job. He would get like these expensive things for his truck and all this. And then he went into debt and then figured it out. They got out of debt, then got like a, a better job and then not, had another house. I was like, oh my God, like this whole list of expensive stuff, he would constantly check off. And I would just think, how are you doing this? Then my friend Corey would kind of update me on like his life. And he would always figure out, even if he like got into more debt, as he would continue his want list and how he progressed, he would find a solution to each of the things that he, that came up. And this isn't to say to be irresponsible with your money. It, this guy was able to manifest all it because truck stuff is expensive. And we were just young people at the time, but the fact that he, he was constantly checking off this list. And I, I observed that in real time as a young person with no extra dough, he was constantly getting like a $3,000 truck part. His truck would explode. He get another one. It was like, it's incredible. It was incredible to watch. Yeah. You got to want it and allow yourself to want it. I, I keep wanting to bring this back to a business context because I coach a lot of business owners. Maybe, you know, maybe there's a, a talk show you'd like to be on. Um, I know when I was launching my first book, I wanted, I wanted Richard Branson to write the forward. That's a pretty big ask, given I had no connection to Richard Branson. Uh, I also wanted Steve Wynn from Wynn Hotels and Jack Canfield from Chicken Soup to write the forward. Uh, so I wanted it, and I told people I wanted it. And then we'll get into this next bit, which is massive action. Uh, I took action on it. Well, two of those people said no, and one of those people said yes. So it worked out pretty well. Um, so, so all right. I decided to, I'm going to go for the audition. I don't know how to audition, but what I did is, is I thought, what's going to put me ahead of everyone else in that room besides having 10 years of acting experience, which I can't create in a week. And uh, I asked my friend for tips and she said, well, I find it's good to buy the play and read the whole play so you know all the context of it. Okay, good. Didn't know that. Ordered the play, read the play. And then she said, the, the sides, which are the excerpt of the play you're going to be reading for, sometimes you can ask for those in advance. So I asked for those and I got those in advance. All right. So I read those and then I memorized those. No one else in that room that I saw had memorized the, uh, the sides. So I did still look down occasionally, but I didn't have to look down all the time. I could actually just be there in the room. And then I had my friend come over and we would rehearse the scenes. Each one that I wanted to read for, we would practice it and rehearse it. And then I went and learned how to do a German accent on, on Google. Google, how to do a German accent. I practiced that. So you do that for Van Helsing. Um, put all that together. Oh, and then I hired a coach. Like, I, I, I don't really know how to audition. Hired a coach. We did an hour. He went through all four roles. He gave me some good tips on Dracula, went in and got it. Now, I could have done 10 times more than that. Um, but what I did was enough to do it. So massive action. And now that I've, I, now that that went well and I decided to go further, there's dabbling and then there's giving it a good try. And then there's full commitment. So I dabbled for a while. I went and did some student short films for free. 
got some stuff for my showreel. Then I started getting paid for a couple, got my first couple of commercials. It's still kind of dabbling, but I'm putting some effort and I went and got a class. All right, that's good. That's a, a serious hobby. And then finally, I moved to Los Angeles because if you're really going to go for it, where are you going to be in the world? Los Angeles. So I, I sold everything. And this didn't come overnight, right? So I'm not saying tomorrow you've got to sell everything you've got and devote it all to this one goal. But as you keep moving forward, forward, you can start seeing, oh, wait a minute, I could ramp it up here. I could ramp it up here. So I sold everything I had, um, drove across country in a car with, with my dog, went to the best acting school uh, that I knew of and started training with them and kept on asking, how do you get a manager? How do you get an agent? And then did the things that people told me to do. Well, where are we? It's February. Two months ago, I got an agent, so I'm now represented. And three weeks ago, I got a manager, so now I'm under management. Um, and then I still know there's more levels. There's always more levels above where we are in terms of how we can play full out. I just did an intensive class, and they said, you need to rehearse for three hours every day as an actor. You have to rehearse on something. You have to be working with people and getting coached and whatever and training every day if you want to get really good at this. No one had ever said that. So now that's the next level. And given that I have about five to 10 auditions every day that I need to work on anyway, this is a beautiful structure to support me. I'm going to set like 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Say Let's say six days a week, which will probably mean I get one pass. So it'll be five. That's 15 hours of training and rehearsal every day. My auditions are going to be better. I'm going to build my community uh, and I'm going to build and hone my skill as an actor. So that's next level that I hadn't even seen. So the law of massive action applies if there's something you really want. And I'm going to throw it out to every listener for the one thing that you really want to make happen this year. What would it look like if you doubled your commitment? What if you were playing full out? Um, what would that look like? The kinds of things that your competition is not doing, what would it look like? You don't have to do all those things, but let's at, let's at least picture it. And then you might say, you know what? Do I want this enough that I'm willing to go and do that? I mean, three hours a day of, of in-person rehearsals, that's not for the faint of heart. Because we've got lives, you know, we've got things going to the gym every day for 90 minutes. If, if fitness is your goal, not eating refined sugar, maybe carbohydrates, maybe grains at all. If health is your goal, these things are not for the faint of heart. They're not easy to do. You've got to want it. And then the discipline part, that's the one thing I cannot do for my clients and for, for all you listeners. I can't give you that. You're, there's only one person that can say, I will do this and stick to it. I, I can lead you there. I can help you visualize what it looks like. I can work with mind hacks, but you're the only person that says, this means enough for me. I'm going to move across country. or I'm going to sell this, or I'm going to go and make a hundred calls every single week. You're the only one who can do that. Well, I love your personal example because it draws out uh, so many things that, like, again, the process is not complicated. It's simple. 
Um, but you need to take that action. And the idea of dabbling versus trying versus full commitment is huge. And it reminds me of Carol Dweck's book, uh, Growth Mindset, where she just talks about 100% effort. And you can look at where, how much effort are you putting towards this? So um, we can all find time to do the things we really care about, you know, you've got the weekends, you've got night. And then if you remove all the excuses, you can move towards what you're most passionate about. Even if you work a nine to five job, there is time to do that. One example I gave to my buddies who worked a full-time job and, you know, we had, we had brainstormed, we did some coaching. He didn't know I was coaching at the time, but I was going through the process <laughs> as just coaching him. And we came up with a couple of really inspired ideas for him that I know would work. They would hundred percent work. And I was like, yo, you drive an hour to work both ways every day. Start listening to some entrepreneurship stuff, then doing this. And then on the weekends, you got a little bit of time too. You got kids, but you can do this if you really want. But the vision has to be clear and you have to really want it. And then over time, you're going to get better results. So uh, I just love that example. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, ahead. some I, I said earlier, it's simple. That doesn't mean it's easy. Exactly. But sometimes it's both. Sometimes it's both. Like learning a language today. I, I go down and I let my dog out to pee and I usually feel like I'm too busy to do a lesson on Duolingo, but my commitment, because I, I want my streak to keep going on a 79 day streak. Uh, my commitment is that lesson has to happen then because it may not happen later in the day. And then, you know, three, four months later, speaking basic Russian, that's not even hard. It's just 10 minutes a day. So some of these things, and the other thing I want to say about this is I'm not saying to anybody, you should do this. I don't want you to think, I don't want you to get the idea like, oh, if I don't operate at that level, then I'm not a good human being. Or I'm not living my life. No, no, this may not be your path. I'm just saying if there's something that you really want and it's not happening and you're not playing full out, then now you know why. Now, you know why it's not happening. And so maybe for you, you might decide, all right, I'm this year, I'm going to step into a higher gear. I'm going to crank it out and I'm going to feel good about myself, whether I get it or not. That could be a self-expression for you. But if you love the way your life is and you don't want to change it, great. You don't have to be a rah-rah person. You don't have to get up at 5 a.m. and go and do a marathon. Uh, you don't have to do any of that. This is only for the people who want higher performance in their life. I want to make that really clear. So people don't think, oh, God, I have to do that. No, you don't have to do any of it. This is just if you decide life's a little short and you want to crank it out a bit more. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's so important. I think you can apply, I call it like a 1% uh, David Goggins because he is such a friggin' savage, you know? So if you're like, just there think you about go. some things you want to do, apply a little bit of that. If you want to improve your house a little bit, if you want to be a better father, if you want to be a better community member, if you want to, you know, create like a little side business and not even worry about if it is profitable or not, but you want to make t-shirts or something, whatever the case is, you want to exercise that creativity, just dabble in it for fun with no expectation. And then if that energy arises more, you have a pathway to commit more, right? To be more like to, to go engage in this process with fun and with curiosity and with growth and with non-attachment, I think it's a very powerful way. And to look at all the blessings that you have. And I feel like I need to address that more in the podcast too. So I'm glad you brought that up. Look at all the blessings you have. And if there's things you want to go, know there's a path uh, for you to get there. 
right? And then engage in fun. Bro, I would. I wish I could talk to you longer. I know you got to hustle off. You got some other things to do. Um, is there, uh, yeah. Is there anything else uh, that you want to leave the listeners with or, or um, yeah, anything we didn't address? And I'll leave it to you. Well, just just an offer. I was thinking, what what could people do if they want to like take this forward and make make it uh, into something for themselves? I have a great little assessment on my website. It's it's free. It'll take you about five minutes, and it's going to ask you probing questions. Well worth doing. You might want to have your partner do it. You might want to have your kids do it as well. Um, and you can just go to focus.ceo. Scroll to the bottom of that page. So it's not .com. I got the CEO, the .ceo extension. And scroll to the bottom and click apply for coaching. And you don't have to even apply for coaching, but it'll give you that assessment. And then once you're done, you can leave it at that. Or if you'd like me to jump on a call with you and review your answers and help you create a plan and see if coaching would be right for you right now, I'm happy to do that. Um or you can skip that step if you want to, but I don't bite. Uh, I'm a pretty friendly guy. And some people, all they need is one phone call and they're off and running and they got their plan and they do that. For other people who might need a bit more input, we can talk about coaching if it if it seems right for us. So focus.ceo, scroll to the bottom and, and you know put in your name and email address and it'll give you that assessment. I hope you go and do that because I think it's so cool to just work out Oh yeah, this is what I'm doing this year. This is what gets in the way. This is how I sabotage myself. And it's a really good info to have. That's awesome. Well, we went over the assessment before we started and it seems like a very valuable process and I've done similar things. And anytime I repeat it, it's always valuable. You know, you repeat it in a week, it's valuable nine times out of 10. And if you've never done it, it's insanely valued to have that self-reflection and that understanding like, oh, I never even thought about this. And you have more information to work with. So my friend, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for the work you do. Uh, I appreciate this. And uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. See ya. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely phenomenal David Wood. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. And if you did, please share it far and wide. Consider becoming a member at MattBelair.com. You can do so for free or by donation if you want to support the show. You can support us by also leaving a review in iTunes and also now... You can leave a written review in Spotify and they help a lot. Hopefully that will help us break through some of the censorship that we are experiencing. Um, but we are going to continue bringing you the most amazing shows. I want to thank my new sponsor, Magic Mind. They are awesome. If you want to check them out and get a massive discount, go to magicmind.co forward slash MMBS or go to magicmind.com and put in the code MMBS for a 56% off discount and a 20% uh, discount off of a one-time purchase. So thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you. I appreciate Magic Mind for supporting the show and the work. And I appreciate you guys for listening, for um, just being here and having your time and attention. And I will do my best to bring you the best shows, the best guests that I can to help you improve your mind, body, and spirit. Oh, I guess and if you guys want to reach out to me, Matt at zenathlete.com, if you want to work with me or know about zen athlete or any of the programs i have just go there there's a lot to talk about i try to keep it short uh but that's it thank you guys so much for listening now let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we close the show wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and let it out slowly filling every cell muscle and fiber of your being with joy peace compassion purpose faith courage power 
and get ready to enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.